It's the Great Debate Show with your host, Jarvis Jeffries. No Terrence Smith, no Nick Ely today. They couldn't be with me today, but by the time they can come back, and they will be back, we would already have, you know, kind of passed our overreaction Tuesdays here at the Great Debate Show, so I wanted to quickly give my overreactions or not so overreactions they will be back and when they come back it will be season 4 of the great debate show and we will be back better than ever baby just as I am today in the building just solo dolo but it's okay this will probably be the lowest streamed lowest viewed episode of all time at the great debate show with me being by myself, but I digress. I will do my best to make this a good episode as each and every one of them is. The Great Debate Show is available wherever you get your podcast. Just hit the follow button and you'll be notified. When we come back, The Great Debate Show will no longer be doing as many segments of our current events that's going on in the NFL, NBA, all the hottest storylines currently in sports today. We're going to more so go through the headlines, but debate what a lot of people have been asking for us to do here, and me and Nick were speaking about it this past Saturday, and yes, it's time to get into that Jordan versus Kobe versus LeBron triple threat debate with my team. It's time to do top five tight ends all time with my team, and top 25 wide receivers of all time with my team. And many, many more. That's why you hit that follow button so you can be notified when a new episode is available. You don't want to miss out on any of that. So what I'm going to do right now on this last episode of us just really just recapping everything in week nine of the NFL. It's going to be more debates, debates, debates of all sports and entertainment. We've got the music. We've got our top five albums of all time. We've got our top 25 MCs, rappers of all time. We've got so, so much to debate in all of sports and entertainment. But first, I want to briefly just get to it. The Dolphins proved that they cannot beat good teams yet as they lost to the Chiefs in Germany. I want to go briefly inside the Raiders' ugly meeting where the team divided after Josh McDaniels. After Josh McDaniels was upset for Antonio Pierce mentioning the 07 Giants. Wow, I would have loved to have been a fly in the room when that happened. I also want to talk about all of these unnecessary roughness, these roughing the passer calls. It's really starting to get out of hand. Week 9 was terrible. There were a lot of calls where it was roughing the passer and most of them were not roughing the passer at all. And there wasn't really a damn thing the defender could do about it. That has to stop. 
NFL if you want to keep the ratings and the views that you get and the fans and the seats. Come on, man. That has to stop. I got a lot to talk about, man, but I'm going to try to do it as quick as I can. What about C.J. Stroud? 30 of 42. 470 yards, and he threw five touchdowns. That's right, five of them things. What a rookie year for C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryan. Another candidate for head coach of the year. They even had a kicker that kicked the field goal. I mean, a running back that kicked the field goal for the Houston Texans. Watch out for these Texans. Daniel Jones tore his ACL. Well, that's the initial fear that he tore his ACL. Quarterback of the New York football giants. We'll talk about C.D. Lamb on how he was tackled short of a winning touchdown on a chaotic final drive as the Eagles beat the Cowboys 28-23 on Sunday. Yep, yep, yep. Do the Dolphins like to lean in the run game more? I'll talk about it. The Cowboys hosted Martavis Bryant, wide receiver, who was recently reinstated in the NFL. And then they instantly signed him. Martavis Bryant is now a Dallas Cowboy. I got so, so, so much to get into, and I need to get into it, and I need to get into it now. McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill in contention for Offensive Player of the Year's awards. Who's the Defensive Player of the Year so far? I'm going to tell you who I think that is. What about Josh Dobbs and what he did? Just signing with the Vikings and just instantly coming off the sideline not even knowing the cadence and gets a dub. Are the Buffalo Bills Overrated? What's going on with the Buffalo Bills? They lose again. Now 5-4 and four as they lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. Is it time to hit the panic button in Buffalo? Joe Burrow. I got more to talk about with Chase Young and the trade to the Niners and what he's saying now that he is a Niner. Throwing a few shots at the Commanders. Shout out to Keenan Allen for 10,000 career receiving yards. But first, I think I want to I want to break down the defensive player of the year. Who do you have as your defensive player of the year, ladies and gentlemen? Is it Michael Parsons? Is it Miles Garrett? Is it TJ Watt? Is it Max Crosby? I want to talk about it. And I may tell you who's the top five in the NFL. Right now, my top five. Do you agree with LeBron James and what he said about what his career would be like had he not gone to Miami? He thinks it'd still be just as good as it is right now. And Shannon Sharp kept it real and actually disagreed with LeBron James. I'll have to chop into that for a minute. And I'll explain to you why we may have seen the last of Matt Stafford in L.A. now that the Rams have signed veteran Carson Wentz. Man, let's go. Let's get into it. Let's go. Let's go. It's the Great Debate Show. Back and better than ever, baby. Again, I'm in the building by myself, but it's okay. We will come back for the season premiere of season four, and it's going to be better than ever. you got to watch it. However you're listening, however you may be watching, thank you.
You could have been anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with me, and I appreciate it. So I'll do my best to try to run through this and what's going on in the NFL and around the league. Uh, oh, oh, and also, the breaking news from last night, the NCAA, Ohio State, is number one now in uh, in college football. Georgia is at number two. Michigan at number three. With all the drama they've got going on, we definitely need to talk about that on Saturday, on our Saturday episode. And at number four is Florida State. My old Florida State Seminoles. I don't talk a lot about them anymore here. I'm, I, I follow the HBCUs a lot more now, but I'm always be a Seminole at heart. And congrats to them breaking in to the top four playoff uh, seating now in NCAA uh, football. And if you want to know who came in behind, who just missed the top four, it was Washington at fifth, and it was Oregon at sixth. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of things going on right now around the league. Even Roquan Smith throwing shots at the Chicago Bears. He says he's happy that he's on a contender now and that his career is not going down the drain. Who's the best in the AFC? And old Aaron Rodgers still hitting at a six-week return timeline. Jets quarterback said it'll be a few fortnights until he returns from tearing his Achilles. Is Aaron Rodgers really going to come back? Will the Jets even be in playoff contention if and when he comes back? We'll see. But that's Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. The Jets lost on Monday night to the L.A. Chargers. And uh, the Chargers finally beat a team above 500. They finally beat a good team. But, again, the Chargers are just getting back to 500. So we you know, don't want to overreact. We should relax and hit the panic button. Also, I left out Bill Self, Kansas head coach who signed a $53 million deal. Damn. I would love to be a part of the Self family right about now. That deal makes him the highest paid college basketball coach. Shout out to Bill Self. So again, the Miami Dolphins lost. They're not beating the teams that they need to beat. But I made a prediction or my theory, since I have the Dolphins and Niners in the Super Bowl, I have to stick by that, and I'm going to stand on it, and I'm going to say that the Miami Dolphins will probably beat the Buffalo Bills, beat the Cincinnati. No, I'll say that the Miami Dolphins will beat the Bills, who they've already lost to. They'll beat the Chiefs, probably, in the playoffs, who they've already lost to. And if it comes down to it, the Bengals also. What the hell? I think they go on a revenge tour in the postseason because no one will put their money on the Dolphins beating any of those teams, especially on the road, and that they've kind of gotten manhandled when they've played them in the regular season. I could be wrong, but I have to stand on what I said. This is my theory. This is what I boldly predict on how the Dolphins can bounce back from these losses. Still a good record, 6-3, and three, but these three losses – if they had at least got one of them or two of them, it would say so much more about them and where they stand in the AFC. Where does everybody stand in the AFC? Because it's tough. There's a lot of good teams in the AFC. As of right now, KC still number one. They're going on the bye at 7-2. and two. And I don't know exactly why they have them at one. Because the Baltimore Ravens are also 7-2. and two. They stand at 7-2 and two at number 2 as a division leader. The Jags are at number 3 at 6-2. and two. The Dolphins are at number 4 at 6-3. and three. And they 
still are in good standings right now that the Buffalo Bills lost to the Bengals on Sunday night. The wild cards are the Steelers at five. They're five and three. And then at six, it's the Cleveland Browns at five and three. Oh, I'm sorry. There's seven teams now. And number seven is the Cincinnati Bengals, also at five and three. That damn AFC North, I tell you. And so in the hunt now, it's the Bills, the Texans, the Chargers, and the Jets. All at four and four, except for Buffalo at five and four at the top of that in the hunt column. I'm going to say that the Dolphins need to do better. I think they will. I think they can still pull it off when the postseason gets here, but we can't say they're a top team. We can't make we can't say they're a real contender because they have not beaten some of the top teams we consider in AFC. But right now, don't you think the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the AFC right now? They they got it going on right now. They even got Huntley coming off the bench throwing touchdowns to OBJ. They beat down the Detroit Lions. They just beat down the Seattle Seahawks. This is what they do. This is what Lamar Jackson does to NFC teams. My team, my Niners, have to see them later on in the year. But uh, we didn't. We didn't beat them in 2019, which was a Super Bowl year for us. Lamar Jackson just tears NFC teams up. He's now like what 18 and one against the NFC in his career. I think this is the best team. That the defense is getting better. It's it is better. It's solid now. They're still running the ball good despite losing Dobbins again. Gus Edwards is doing good. Lamar's doing good. The receiving core, everybody's getting touches, though. Zay Flowers is stepping up week by week. You see some progression. They're finally getting it going here, and I think that, you know, hey, have we seen them beat a Kansas City? No. Have we seen them beat a – well, they beat the brakes off of Cincinnati, and we see the Bengals are back, but that wasn't the same Bengal team. You can look at it how you want to look at it, but the Ravens look like number one right now in my book in the AFC. Then you got the Jags, who they were on a bye week, but they're at 6-2, and two, Dolphins at 6-3, and three, and the Steelers. Well, we know the Steelers are the Steelers defensively. We don't know if they'll get better or not offensively, but if they can, George Pickens, a lot of frustration. He's talking. Mike Tomlin is sick of the storylines, and he went off on the media a little bit. Just the other day here. But Pickens is frustrated. I know why he is. But Tomlin was just saying that he has a lot going on as a head coach. His frustrations is just a pebble in a shoe compared to all of the things that he has to do to get his team prepared to play for the next game and the next game and the next game. Which also, also, I understand that too. That is facts. But the AFC playoff picture, man, is tight. And at the bottom of that in the hunt column is the Jets at four and four. And Aaron Rodgers is telling everybody, don't count me out. I am coming back. Or that's still the plan to come back this season. Is this, can he really do it? Is it possible? That remains to be seen, but we will see. We will see. Uh, So again, the Bengals are, they're back. They're back to 500. I mean, yes, they're back to 500, and they're looking good, and Joe Burrow is healthy, and they got their bye week at the right damn time because now it looks like they are here and they are around. I told you they're a November-December team anyway. We know that. But now at 5-3, and three, over 500, they're number seven right now if the playoffs started today. Here they come. If anybody cares, the Ravens and the Jaguars also pursued Chase Young. 
Damn. Well, you snooze, you lose. He's a Niner now. What else do we have here? Uh, just kind of running through the headlines. Out of Miles Garrett, Michael Parsons, T.J. Watt, and Max Crosby, I wonder who do you have as the defensive player of the year so far as of now. Notice I did not say Nick Bosa's name. But I digress. We hope that'll change once Chase Young gets it going in San Francisco. But again, as of now, Miles Garrett is playing his ass off, you all. He is. And we know TJ walking ball. And we know, as Terrence was saying on our last episode, this team is so much different without TJ Watt. But because of TJ Watt alone, they can win every game because of him. That's saying a lot. That should damn near be DPOI just by default. Off of that being actually facts on what Terrence was saying on Saturday. But man, Miles Garrett is really playing good football. Max Crosby's playing good football. Nobody's really talking about him. But that boy's balling out too. So I don't really know who the DPOY is right now in the NFL. But Micah Parsons, as good as he is and as good as he still has been this season, he may be number four right here on this list. Because if I if somebody had had me at gunpoint right now and I had to give them an answer, I would probably go Miles Garrett one. Max Crosby, two. TJ Watt, three. And Micah Parsons, four. And I can't believe I'm saying TJ Watt is three. But I said if I was at gunpoint, just right now. The last memory I have is that, man, Max Crosby really is playing good. And we're not really recognizing that or giving him his roses. I'm going to give them to him right now. And if he keeps it up, he's going to get a whole bouquet. Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, Micah Parsons. Who do you have as the defensive player of the year? I'm sure Terrence and Nick would love to weigh in on that when they come back on Saturday, and I'm all here for it. I already congratulated Keenan Allen for going for surpassing 10,000 receiving yards in the NFL. That's a hell of a feat. Nice accomplishment. Congrats. I'm a Keenan Allen fan during the preseason. When we did our top 10 wide receivers in the league, he was definitely my top 10. I want to say seven. I think he was like number seven on that list. And I think my co-host Terrence and Nick were kind of like, Irv? I wonder what they think now. Hey, Chase Young says he wasn't mad at all when he was traded from the Commanders. And he's happy to rejoin his college teammate Nick Bosa. He also said... That he noticed a difference in the culture in San Francisco. He said, I'm in the building with winners. That's a shot. A shot at the commanders. Roquan Smith threw a shot too at the Bears by saying that, hey, he's winning now. And he's happy to be on a winning team. And Baltimore is definitely winning right now. So I talked about Burrow and the Bengals in that AFC playoff picture. I talked about the shots that Chase Young and Roquan Smith has fired at their former teams. I congratulated Keenan Allen. And I talked about the DPOY between TJ Watt, Micah Parsons, Miles Garrett, and Max Crosby. Now, to the nitty-gritty. 
The Rams, in my opinion, this is the nitty-gritty because I think people are going to sleep on this, and I'll be brief. The Rams just signed Carson Wentz on yesterday. The veteran quarterback is now joining L.A. with Matthew Stafford injured. He's the backup. And if Matthew Stafford is not going to be able to play this coming Sunday, oh, I'm sorry, I don't think they're playing this coming Sunday. After the bye, we might not see Matthew Stafford again as a Ram. I think if he had, I think if Sean McVay had Carson Wentz before the trade deadline, Matthew Stafford would probably would already be traded somewhere else. Maybe to the New York Jets. Maybe he would have got traded to the Tennessee Titans. I don't know. But maybe he would have got traded to the Las Vegas Raiders, depending on who thought they still had a chance to make a run in the second half of the season. I say that because Stafford is always kind of getting nicked up here. And, you know, like, He's ready to go back to a young quarterback since this team is kind of rebuilding or reloading. I don't know exactly what it is, but they're not as bad as people thought they would be. They're not getting all the wins that they probably should have gotten, but they're better than what people thought that they would be. So I would say that with Sean McVay and his offense, that actually isn't a bad move for Carson Wentz. I know he's been out of the league and he didn't play. But, hey, McVay... And Wentz may be a match made in heaven. I can't believe I'm saying it, but this is not so bad. And I've said that I'm done with Wentz. He screws everything up. He's gotten coaches fired. Frank Wright uh, in Indianapolis, he couldn't fix him. What's his name? Where he was at in Philly? Doug Peterson couldn't fix him. I don't know what happened to him. But Sean McVay, may be the mouth-to-mouth resuscitation that Carson Wentz needs in his career. Or to save his career, that is. And if that's the case, we may not see Matthew Stafford again as a Ram. I have the funniest feeling that Wentz will start and be ready coming back from their bye, and he may get some wins here. Or at least be productive enough to be the Rams' bridge quarterback until McVay finds his next franchise quarterback, like he drafted golf his first year, I believe, as a head coach. People are going to sleep on that signing, but I think this could actually be a good thing here. Like some people think Kyle Shanahan and Sam Darnold will be in San Francisco, which we may get closer to finding out if Brock Purdy keeps turning the ball over. But I think they'll be fine. But I'm just saying, that's what this may be. And I hate that because... They're in my NFC West division as a Niner fan. Kyler Murray is coming back too on Sunday. I think that is an audition from Sunday to the rest of the season. I think from week 10 to week 17, Kyler Murray is auditioning for the rest of his career. He's auditioning to the rest of the league if he belongs in the NFL, in my book. Not just to the Cardinals, but to all of the other 31 teams if there's a team like the Minnesota Vikings who think that they can go get Kyler Murray and say the hell with Kirk Cousins, even though I'm hearing they want to resign Kirk, but if they think that they have a future with Kyler Murray or the Atlanta Falcons, if Ritter's not that guy, Heineke's not that guy, if Murray shows us that he can steal ball, if he has the right supporting cast around him, those are some of the teams that were call. Maybe even, maybe even the Titans. But definitely a Falcons, a Vikings, the Giants. 
But this is what he's auditioning for. Because if he shows that he just really was a bust or he really shouldn't have been picked at number one overall or he can't stay healthy or he just can't see in the pocket or nobody can figure out how to use him or utilize him right by moving him around and out of the pocket or whatever. Then he may not have a career in the NFL much longer. So I think these seven games, these six, seven, eight games that he's going to play here, if he can stay healthy to play them all, when he returns Sunday, it's very, very, very imperative that he makes the most of these opportunities here. Because the Cardinals, I think, are already ready to move on from him. But this is this is where they're really about to find out right here. I told you that Martavis Bryant signed with the Cowboys. He actually done that. The Cowboys did it. Is that out of desperation? Do they think they needed him? Sunday in Philly? And if they had him, what they had a one? Guys, I got to say, Dak Prescott played great football. I have nothing to say. He did not really hold him back. I'm not going to trip about what happened on the last play. I mean, the, the, the two-point conversion. He tried to get out of bounds. I mean, he his foot went out of bounds. And he didn't score. I mean, look, man. I can't put that on him. I mean, he doesn't do that every... Every other play, that's not him anymore. That's not in his DNA. But the fact that he could bounce out of the pocket and he could move a little bit and be a little mobile, that helped. That helped him extend plays. That helped him get open. C.D. Lamb went on a warpath. He he tore whoever was in front of him a new one. That boy went off. I don't know what his yards were. I'm sorry I didn't pull up his stats, but I know the boy down there got 200 receiving yards. At least a bill 50. That had a lot to do with Dak bouncing out of the pocket, being able to be mobile somewhat and extend plays. The Cowboys didn't look bad. Now they add Martavis Bryant. Now this is somebody who hadn't played in a, well, I don't know when he played last. And I don't know if this was a reach or what. But I'm telling you, either the Cowboys are not as bad as people think offensively, if Dak can show up like that, or the Philadelphia Eagles really, really, really need some help in their secondary. And it's probably the latter. But I've been saying that here for nine weeks here on The Great Debate Show, and Nick is finally going to address it this Saturday. But the Eagles did get the win, and when you can win ugly, you're a great team. Only great teams can win ugly. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State are in the top four now. What do you think about that? And are you okay with Michigan? Uh, not being disciplined, at least they haven't been just yet, with all the drama they've got going on in Michigan. And I mean, it is some drama going on in Michigan. I mean, basically, Michigan... Uh, let, let me speak on that just for a brief moment. Michigan has until... Let's see if I can read this correctly. Michigan has until... Today, to respond to Big Ten's notice of disciplinary uh, disciplinary action, ESPN's Adam Rittenberg reports that NCAA is investigating Michigan for signal stealing and a potential Big Ten discipline is likely. It likely will be a suspension for Jim Harbaugh. He just came back from a suspension from the uh, the recruit, the, some, something about the recruiting. So there's a lot of drama going on right now with Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. This definitely will probably be his last year. But could they actually win? What if they actually win? Even though that's something that he just has not done. 
But just what if? What if? The Patriots, um, the Pats are going to sit J.C. Jackson week 10. They just traded for J.C. Jackson. Just traded to get him back to New England after he was traded to the L.A. Chargers a few years back. It wasn't long ago at all. It didn't work out. He didn't stay healthy for the most part. And I guess he's not playing to Bill Belichick's standards right now either because the cornerback is not expected to travel to Germany as part of mental reset. That's according to NFL Network. That's just in. Patriots will sit cornerback J.C. Jackson week 10. He's not expected to travel to Germany as part of mental reset. Okay. And when you throw the word mental in it, that's when we have to just kind of be quiet. Watch what we say before we get canceled. Whatever he's going through, praying that the brother can, you know, bounce back and show us, um, be the player that a lot of people think that he is or has the potential to be. So, um, oh, and in Bellator, Cyborg is set for a boxing match. Bellator women's featherweight champion Chris Cyborg, who I haven't watched since Amanda Nunes put her down in UFC. But Bellator's women featherweight champion Chris Cyborg, her next fight will be in boxing versus Kelsey Wittstrom, according to Mark Ramadan, Ramondi. And, and I don't know. I don't know where that comes from or why she's going to box, but yeah, whatever. I'll leave with this because I've pretty much ran down all of the headlines and what's going on in the NFL. But I will say this. There are five teams right now, the top five teams that have a chance for the number one pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. Right now, it's the Cardinals at number one. 32%. They have a 32% chance to get the number one pick. They're one in eight right now. This is all according to ESPN Analytics. The Panthers are at number two. They have a 30% chance of getting the number one pick. They're one in seven. The Giants, 25% chance at two and seven. The Bears, a 6% chance at 2-7. And, and the Patriots, a 3% chance at 2-7. and seven. Wouldn't it be interesting to know if the Panthers could get the number one pick for a second straight year? What would they do with it? Would they play the old Josh Rosen, Steve Wilk thing that the Cardinals did and just say to hell with the head coach and the uh, quarterback after one year? Would they do that? And go with Caleb Williams? Would Caleb Williams want to be a Panther? Would he enter the draft to be a Carolina Panther if they got the number one pick? What would the Panthers do? Or would they say, we've got the quarterback already. We just have to build around it. Like most people would think that they would. But what if they seen enough to say Bryce Young and it? He ain't that. He's not him. I don't know. Just asking. Wouldn't it be something though if they got the number one pick two years in a row? But what if they were able to get a great player? to add to what they have already and just get better. And maybe next year they won't have the number one pick the year after that. If the Cardinals get the number one pick, again, I was just talking about Kyler Murray and how he needs to prove himself. He's auditioning for the rest of this season to show the rest of the league if he is a quarterback in this NFL, a starting one, that is. They have the number one pick right now at the season ended today at 1-8. and eight. You, you don't think that they want Caleb Williams. If Caleb Williams wants to be a Cardinal, if he's okay with getting drafted by them, he has came out and said he will stay in college if he has to. He's not going to a shitty team. 
And I can't blame them. But you know if the Cardinals have the number one pick. You, do you think they're really going to build it around Kyler Murray? They're probably going to replace him. And that's why it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals and these games here from week 10 to 17, 18. I can't wait to see how that progresses or regresses. We'll see. I think he's auditioning for his career, not for just the Cardinals. That's pretty much it for me. Is Aaron Rodgers really going to come back? I don't know. We'll see. Who's your best team in the AFC? I said it's the Ravens right now. But shout out to the Houston Texans at 4-4. Four and four. They're in the hunt. But so are the Chargers at 4-4. Four and four. So are the Jets at 4-4. Four and four. Even the Colts at 4-5. and five. And the Raiders at 4-5. and five. Josh McDaniels and the general manager gone. What do you think about that? It was so fast. It's like it was something they wanted the Raiders to do. The front office, they wanted them to do something before that trade deadline. Either it was trade Devontae and get something for him because we are terrible and we really are rebuilding. We need to truly recognize that we're rebuilding. Or was it they wanted them to add something around Devontae and Garoppolo or whoever the quarterback would be. And they benched Garoppolo too immediately. So basically the Raiders are letting you know they were not happy with what Josh McDaniels was doing with the Raiders in their roster. Evidently, they weren't even happy with the signing. Garoppolo got benched immediately. The head coach and the GM got fired immediately. They asked the locker room, you know, who do you want? Who do you think should be the leader right now amongst our, amongst us? And hey, they said Antonio Pierce. He's the interim head coach. It may work out. I think he's an Oakland native also. He may actually be their full-time coach permanently. Who knows? But right now, it's temporary. But I like what I see in Las Vegas right now with a black head coach, a black, I think, interim general manager. And I forget who that other person was in that in that uh, picture, but it's a, a nice, it's a, it's a, um, it's a black, it's a young black lady that is also a part of the Raiders front office staff. And that's just, that's a good look. It just seemed like it was people really questioned the character of uh, Josh McDaniels. I said he couldn't be a head coach in this league. I was right. He can't do anything but go back. Go back, cry to mama, that's Bill Belichick, and put the bottle in his mouth. That's all he can do is be, and be his offensive coordinator. And Lord knows Belichick could use him. Unfortunately, I don't think Belichick will be coaching. After this season, though, at least not in New England. I said that also during training camp and preseason that this would probably be Belichick's last year. I believe it is, as they are two and seven. I definitely would strip all of his other. If I don't, if 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 Robert Kraft doesn't fire him, I definitely strip everything as far as his responsibilities go outside of head coaching. The only thing he could do for me is just coach. I'll decide or I'll hire the right person or general manager to decide what we do with this number one pick or this top three pick because they're definitely right now in the hunt for the number one pick at two and seven. It's definitely possible. But that's all I have. That's all I have. ESPN predicted that the Niners may trade Brandon Ayuk this offseason. 
I'll talk about that on Saturday a little bit more. And we will preview Week 10 in the NFL, but we're going to debate mostly top 25 wide receivers of all time. Then we're getting into the top five tight ends of all time. And it's just going to keep going, and it's going to keep going, and it's going to keep going. And we appreciate the feedback and a lot of the, the, the listeners who have told us what they would like for us to debate, debate more of. We've been asking, and we're finally getting some answers and some feedback, and we appreciate it. And we're about to hit the ground running. Season four of the Great Debate Show. On our next episode, Terrence Smith and Nick Ely will be back. Oh, I'm sorry. One more final thing. LeBron James said that his career would would be the same as it is if he never went to Miami. I disagree. Surprisingly, so did Shannon Sharp. That was the surprise for me. But, yes, uh, he was asked this question after they lost to the Heat in Miami. And that was his response that, you know, he tried to stay in Cleveland and recruit people, but that didn't happen. That didn't work. And, you know, well, we see he didn't hang around. But he definitely wouldn't have the career that he has now had he not went to Miami. He would have never even gotten that first chip that he got when they beat the Thunder had he not joined Wade and Bosch. We don't know when he would have gotten the first one had he not went when he went. And then he got a second one too, thanks to Ray Allen. Well, he can't get that if he's not in Miami with Ray Allen. So, yes, LeBron is definitely way off base by saying that his career would be the same if he didn't go there. That's because he doesn't want that to discredit what he's done. And he knows that it, it, it does. And I've always said that that's where I kind of fell off the wagon at with LeBron. Even though I did accept the heel role and I, I begin to like that about him. But I was like, come on, man. If you're not going to win five, six, seven championships, though, it's going to look like, dang, man, you went to chase a ring. And that's why I never feel sorry for him when Kevin Durant got a few with Golden State because I was like, but, bro, you kind of started it. And I know Danny Ainge technically started it when he went and got KG and he went and got Ray Allen to join Paul Pierce in Boston. I get it. But that wasn't the players. That was the, the GM. LeBron was the first player to say, man, I'm doing this. I'm going here. Let's play together, guys. Because he couldn't beat Paul Pierce and the Celtics with KG and Ray Allen. He knew that. And I understood. But, man, you know, Kobe didn't call Tracy McGrady and say, hey, man, come on over here. Nobody will never beat us. Hey, AI, come to L.A. That never happened. So, you know, just saying. That's all I wanted to leave you with, a quick rundown. So when we come back on Saturday and we open this bad boy up, we don't even have to talk about anything about Week 9. I just recapped it. It was pretty good. It was a few good games. But the rough and the passer stuff has to stop. We will preview Week 10 in the NFL. We will have a guest on the show who will tell us something about the Tennessee Titans, what he was right and what he was wrong about. For any Titan fans that want to listen to that, and, again, top 25 wide receivers of all time. It is going to be a good one. And we need to go live on that because I would love to see what the other fans, what, what other fans, what our listeners, and just football fans think about these receivers. Because me and Nick Ely really bump heads with this Megatron or Tyreek Hill debate. 
And I may have to fall back a little bit on that after watching how Tyreek Hill can be slowed down a little bit if you know how to you know defend him. And there was really nothing for Megatron. But if you're going to fault Patrick Willis for only playing eight seasons and he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, which is ridiculous, then we got to say something about Megatron only playing, what, nine or ten? I don't know. We're going to debate it. Top 25 wide receivers of all time coming up at you. Top five tight ends coming too. Jordan versus LeBron versus Kobe. We're going to put that to the bed, to rest, for real, for real. I'm Jarvis Jeffries. The Great Debate Show again is available wherever you get your podcast. Hit that follow button. And you'll be notified each and every time a new episode is up and available. And we're also on YouTube. Watch this entertainment on TikTok. Ask us the Great Debate Show. We're getting close to being able to go live on TikTok. We, we really do get a lot of feedback from them and we love TikTok. We're working on it. We're getting there. We're going to get there. Because I know there's a lot of more people. That want the Great Debate Show on TikTok. Also, the Great Debate Show is on Facebook. Hit that follow button. Follow us. Like it. And uh, you will see all of, all of the great debates that we have going on throughout the week on social media. It's also the Great Debate Show slash Watch This Entertainment on X or Twitter, whatever you're calling it these days. Or you can just go and find Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith, and Nick Eddie on Facebook. That is our names. But it's also the Great Debate Show page. You want to like it. You want to follow it. And uh, that's it. That's all I've got. Thank you for bearing with me doing this episode solo. I hope I didn't take too much of your time. I thank you for listening. And uh, week 10 in the NFL, Niners and Jags, we'll preview it. And all all of the other notable games of week 10, we will do it very briefly. And then we get into the hard debates. And that's all we want to focus on. Debate, debates, debates. Boxers, rappers, whatever. Movie genres. Friday versus, you know what I'm saying? Rush Hour versus Bad Boys. All of that. We got it right here. Great debate show. Thank you for listening. I'm out. And whatever y'all do out there, please, please be safe.